I believe everyone has a story to tell. And I believe everyone deserves a little pampering. Welcome to Manny's with Grannies. I'm your host, Tiffany Marino. Join me while I sit down with a woman over 70 and get to know her while giving her a manicure. Look at those old hands. Yeah. They're beautiful hands. Those hands uh, have I a lot went, of stories to tell. I went with my friend shopping in the summer and the sun was shining on my hands. I said, look at those hands. <laughs> old lady hands. I wasn't old till after I became 90. Yeah. Then I had all kinds of sickness and I became old. That's when it hit you at 90? That's why I'm here. <laughs> well, that's pretty late. Yeah. You're lucky. Yeah. You can put your hands right in here. You go right like that. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So we're just going to have a little conversation about you. Okay. And at the end of this, I edit everything. So if you make any mistakes or you don't like what you're saying, you forget what you're saying, you can just stop. I'm going to fix everything. I'll make mistakes. Okay. I'm going to edit myself in the end also. Okay. Um, I have a little intro I'm going to do. Welcome to this episode of Manny's with Grannies. Today, I'm with Nancy, and Nancy just let me know that she's 90 years old. Nancy, thanks so much for being here with me today. Uh Uh-huh. How does it feel to be 90? Well, it feels old right now. (laughs) (laughs) Never thought I'd be 90. Never really thought about it. You were saying when you turned 90 is when you started to feel old? Yeah, because I got a lot of sickness after I became 90. My birthday was on the 5th, and the 13th I got sick, vertigo, and then I had pneumonia. In and out of the hospital and going to rehab. Were you living in your own home before that? Yes. Yeah, I never went back. <laughs> My daughter cleaned it out. That's tough. It is. But, you know, I didn't miss it. You would think I would, but I didn't. I guess it's over, you know. That's interesting. Yeah, I wasn't upset or anything. Do you think you kind of lived your life that way? Maybe, yeah. Where did you grow up? Well, Pendleton, New York. Then Mama died when I was five, so we were in foster care. My sister and I were in Lockport with the pastor and his wife, and my three brothers were on a farm. Then the pastor was called to Canada, and they put us girls on the farm, too. That lady, I mean, to take on five siblings from 11 to 8, that was pretty good. So we loved it on the farm. We always talked about it when we got older because we were all together. It was our favorite place. Did you have chores on the farm? No, I think the boys had more chores than we did. They fed the horses, all that stuff. We girls didn't have to do much. Tell me about your brothers and sisters. Well, my baby sister was born, and Mama died after that, not from the birth, but they did a knee test exercise, they called it, and Daddy let them do a find out what was wrong. And air got in her bloodstream and hit her heart, then she died. And she had been up that morning and written us a letter named each one of us and told us all about the new baby. She'll look pretty in her pink clothes, won't she, and all. The last thing she said, it's such a beautiful day, and they tell me that. She never got back to it because she died. And we all thought maybe she was going to come home with the baby, you know. (laughs) Yeah, 
So we all went to foster care. And we were never mistreated in foster care, any of us. They had a unique way of disciplining us. I lied to her one time, and she cut up a little piece of fell snap the soap, put in my mouth, and I had to go down the cellar by the furnace. And then my three brothers were older, and they come down, and they said, throw it in the coal bin. Oh, no, she'll find it. I was the prissy one. My sister was the feisty one next to me. She fell out of a tree one time. They were taking the horses out to pasture. They told us, girls, now don't get too close. She marched right up behind the horse and got kicked into the potato patch. She carried that horseshoe for a while on her bum. <laughs> she died a couple of years ago. And before that, we were visiting, and she was in hospital talking about Mama, you know. I said, yeah, I know. She whipped her little head around. You were a daddy girl. <laughs> I was, but I loved my Mama, too. Yeah. Had her long enough just so I remember some special things, you know. Yeah. Tell me about your dad. My dad was a shoe salesman at Hens and Kelly's in Buffalo. He was a wonderful dad, too. He loved all us kids. We all felt special, my mom and dad. You know, each one of us were treated special. When we went to foster care, he would bring us things. I got a picture on my windowsill of my sister and I. He brought us dolls with great big legs, cloth dolls, and we just thought they were wonderful. And I just love that picture. So your dad was still alive when you went into foster care? Yeah. He yeah. just couldn't take care of He lived to be 70-some years old. Yeah, five of us. The lady next door was taking care of us, Mrs. Tower. Of course, in Mama's letter, she said, I hope you're being good for Mrs. Tower. But she had five children also, so a little much. So we were put in foster care. And the baby, Daddy let a doctor adopt her. Dr. McClellan adopted her. She had a wonderful upbringing. They put her through Bible school and nurses training. She became a professional nurse at the hospital where she was born and never married. Did you always keep in touch with her? One time I was going to see her. A friend of mine at church knew her, and she lived in Lockport. We lived in Buffalo. And some reason she couldn't get there that day, so we never got together. So I never ever saw her. I'll see her again when I get up there, I guess. <laughs> so I almost saw her. Yeah. And you have older brothers? Well, my brother next to me, see, the one sister and my brother and I were all a year apart, so we were all close. And my younger brother became a policeman, and he became police chief. He taught at the police academy. So he had a good life, and he was a good policeman. He wasn't near hear anything bad about him. But my nephew tells me he used to go shopping at Walmart and drive one of those drivey things. He'd see a lady he liked, and he would gently bump her with that card. So he was a stinker, too, you know. Had a lot of fun with him. But his son still calls me. He lives in Newport News, Virginia, where his dad did, and we still call back and forth. I love penguins, and he bought me a throw with penguins on it. So when it gets cold and I start using that throw, I tell him, well, penguins to the rescue, you know. <laughs> That's cute. I yeah. like that. 
Yeah, I love penguins. Did you graduate from high school? No, I went to 10th grade. And by that time, my dad had remarried, and I lived with him and my stepmother. And I quit school so I could work and help out at home. But then I did the GED after my husband died. I was 51 years old when he died, so I did my GED. I thought, well, it would be good for me to do something like that, so I did. I got my GED. At 51 years old? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. How did that feel? Good. <laughs> did your classmates have hard, anything to say about it? Hard, hard work, you know. <laughs> I love algebra, things like that. Math. Now I have to use a calculator. Did you get a job after? Yeah, I worked at Loblaws my first job. One day there was a lady outside, and she was talking to me about family stuff and asked me my name. I said, Nancy Fleming. Well, you live just three blocks away, don't you? No, I live two blocks down the other way. There was another Nancy Fleming, looked just like me. She thought she was talking to her. So we all have a twin someplace, I guess. (laughs) And yours was just right down the road? Yeah. (laughs) About three blocks away. Yep. That was different. And I liked working at Loblaws. People like going through my line because I'd always pack the bags nice and everything. We moved to Farnham, New York, and I worked at Van Waltz in Silver Creek that was sewing lace on nylon slips. The, the first one, they zigzag, zigzag, and boy, they would send them back. Your fingers would be burned taking that. You soon learned to stay on the lines, you know. And I enjoyed that because I enjoyed sewing. I ended up finally getting piecework on that, too. So that was a nice job. How did you meet your husband? Well, let me see. How did we meet at first? Trying to that's a long way back. Do you remember how old you were? <laughs> I was 19. He was 18. His mother had to sign for him. <laughs> but we wanted to get married, and we did. We had a good marriage. It was a good marriage. He was a good worker. He worked Chautauqua hardware. So he's taking care of me now. I get his pension now. I said, Lord, you tell him thank you. (laughs) What do you think makes a good marriage? Well, I think communication has a lot to do with it. No matter what it is, good or bad, get it out. Don't hold things in. I did that for a while, held stuff in, and finally I blew up. He said, well, why didn't you tell me before? I can't read your mind, (laughs) which is true. So it's better if you have something bothering you, talk about it, even if it's Grumbly, you know, get it out. Don't hold things inside. What was your husband's name? His name was Dale. What did you love about Dale? He was a good worker. He was a good dad. What makes a good father? Kids, you know, can make you frustrated sometimes. But he knew how to deal with them. Well, like one of my sons one time, I probably shouldn't tell this because they're all going to hear it, stole a little box of caps out of Murphy's store. (laughs) So they called, and they hated if their dad knew anything that they did bad. They didn't want him to know, you know. They wanted to be good. So his dad went with him to the store. (laughs) So that took care of that. I mean, he wasn't nasty with them or anything. He just went and talked to them and 
whatever you talk to him about, I don't know, but that was never any more problem with that. <laughs> You're just a kid. <laughs> How many kids did you have? I have two sons. What are their names? Mike and George. When we had the second one, I had the same doctor, and he said, oh, Mike and George are demon horses. <laughs> Different as night and day. The first one was quiet. I just wanted a big family. When I got the second one, I changed my mind. <laughs> he was enough for about 13. He was a busy boy. And when he was 15, he hated books. He's more mechanical. He started to tell his dad and I, I'm going to the library. So we figured, well, for a guy that don't like books, he sure likes that library. And he met his girlfriend there. She was 12 years old. And they went together a few years, and she was going to quit school. He said, you quit school. We're not getting married. So she finished school. She was 18. He was 21 when they got married. He's taking care of her now. She's not well. So I'm glad he is that way. What do you think you were like as a mother? I don't know. I just tried to do my best. Is there anything you wish you would have done different? Well, probably. Can you tell me about your wedding day? Yeah, we got married in the pastor's office. And I was going to get a little white fluffy dress. And everybody says, oh, get a suit. So I bought a suit. I wore that suit three times and I couldn't wear it after that. It was a couple months later, I got pregnant, and then after that, I could not wear that suit. I sent it to my sister-in-law in Tennessee. So it was just my sister and him and his mom and dad, I guess, were there when we got married. Well, we didn't have money for a wedding, so we did that. Do you remember getting your driver's license? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we lived in Florida then. We lived there six and a half years his dad had a little shop down there, like Chautauqua, with like three machines in it. So he went down to work with his dad. He really didn't want me to drive. Maybe he didn't want me using the car. Anyway, a lady moved up next door to her aunt's, and we were talking. She taught me to drive in her car. Went to get my license, did everything fine. But at the end, I... Just touched the pole and it went down. I said, oh. <laughs> I figured that took care of that. And she got her license that day. She didn't think she passed, but she did. I didn't think I did, but they had me do it again. And I didn't knock it down. They passed me. How old were you at that point? Well, let's see. I must have been probably about 30. So then my husband was kind of glad that I could drive because I would take the kids to the zoo and do different errands and things. That must have felt liberating or yeah, freeing. Yeah, it felt good to be able to drive, yeah. I had two boys and their two friends and take them to the Miami Zoo and things like that. Growing up, did your dad always have a car? Yeah, he did. Did you always have electricity in your home? Yeah, and we had those phones where party line, you know. Never thought we'd have anything like we have now. Wonder what they're going to have next. Would you like to pick a nail color? Well, I don't like dark color. There's some lighter ones here. Mm -hmm. some, some pretty light pink here. Mm. Clear with a little color tone to it. Pink or purple or something like that. This one here. It's like a little bit of a pink tone to it. Yeah, that would work probably. Okay. Earlier, you were telling me about your hearing aids. Uh-huh. They're little microphones that go in my ears. Okay. I have an app on the phone 
so I can turn the background noise off if I'm somewhere like that. I can turn them off or whatever, you know. It's pretty incredible, the technology that you have. It is. It's amazing. I never thought I'd ever see anything like that. I'm wondering what they're going to do next. (laughs) Well, I saw you using your phone and the app, and you're very good with the technology. No. (laughs) It took me a while. Did you ever feel resistant to it? At first, it was hard learning to use it. Actually, my friend, he's here. Milton, he has a problem speaking because he had stroke, so he texts. I didn't want to learn to text, but I learned to text because of that. Is there anything you miss from your childhood? I miss the country when we lived on that farm. I love the country. There's so much freedom there. And we didn't have school days either back then. And one day was very blustery. My sister and I, we got halfway to school, didn't know whether to go to school or go back home. So we finally, we went to school and her little hands were all blue. She was eight and I was nine. About halfway home, there was a man lived, his house was in the way back. He had a crab apple tree out front. My brothers would eat the crab apples and he'd come out there yelling at them. You know, just kid stuff, you know, we had a lot of fun. My sister, she was a feisty one. She fell out of a tree. Almost drowned, and my brother saved her in the creek. We used to go to the creek, swim. They had these big old water snakes in there. They were harmless, but they were big, scary. They'd scare me with stuff like that. I was a scary one. Yeah, but we really enjoyed it there on the farm. What's something you want younger people to know about getting older? Just keep going with your mind and your body. Keep it moving. Don't stagnate. I've talked to people sometimes, and uh, I pray with people. Even here, I can listen, that I can do still. And I can say a simple prayer for somebody, do things like that. So that's my job now, listen and pray. <laughs> I used to teach Sunday school. I taught missionettes. I taught at the hotel where I lived for a number of years, Bible study. I enjoyed that. Life keeps changing. You won't always be doing the same thing. Do you have any goals or wishes for the rest of your life? I just want to live my life and keep going and doing what I can do, keep my legs moving. I lost the use of my legs, so I had to learn to walk again. So I have to keep them going purposely. My friend and I, we play Scrabble. That keeps my mind going. Yeah, I want to do that, keep my mind alive and my body, because I still am aware of what's going on in life. There's so many people, you know, things happen and strokes, whatever. And I'm very thankful I still know what's going on. We are at the end of our manicure. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, I enjoy living here. My friend lived here for two years. I used to visit him. I've been wearing his ring for 13 years. I was going to ask you about this ring. Yeah, that's his birthstone, Peridot. His birthday's in August. This is beautiful. Yeah. And that's your friend Milton? Yeah. His birthstone? Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Was this his ring? No, he bought that for me. He told me, i got to get a watch band for my watch. Took me out to the watchtower. They didn't have one, but they had rings. He bought me a ring. We get back to the car, and he has a little cassette in there. She's wearing my ring. And I told him not long ago, I said, you know, it took me two years to realize he did that on purpose. Yeah, isn't that precious? That's the kind of guy he is, so he'll wait till I sit down, wait till I get up. 
He lives on the first floor. He's 95 and his legs hurt, but he waits and he has to walk me to the elevator and wait till I get on. This kind of guy, he is special, yeah. How did you two meet? <laughs> we both lived at the hotel. He lived fourth floor, I lived fifth floor. We had a rec room there and they started bringing in Meals on Wheels. Of course, me on people, people, you know, I talked to everybody. And he was always quiet, but I didn't know he had that speech problem. And I would ask him a question to get him to talk. <laughs> and that's how it all started. Then he asked me, he was still driving then, want to go to Davidson's? Yeah, I'll go to Davidson's. Valentine's Day, he played the Valentine's song, Will You Be My Valentine? I'll be your Valentine, you know, flippantly. <laughs> and by April, he bought my ring. So we have special ring day every year. He plays his ring song. <laughs> Romantic. He is one special man, you know. We eat meals together, and at night after supper, we go to his place, watch movie till 7.30, then we go get our meds, and then we go our separate ways. It's really precious. Mm -hmm. That's really nice. Because when my husband dies, well, Lord, it's me and you. Well, God had other plans. <laughs> and yeah. you were open to them. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Nancy, thank you so much for opening up with me today. I hope you enjoyed your manicure. Oh, yeah, I like that color. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Well, this was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking to you. <laughs> well, it was wonderful and different, enjoyable. And thank you. Thank you for listening to Manny's with Grannies. I hope you enjoyed learning about someone else and maybe even learned a little about yourself.